Hey, what's up, Josh? What's up, Grace? How you doing? I'm so good, thank you.、Um, I'm really excited about today's episode because it sounds like it's going to be not a debate, but a little bit more of a, a questioning back and forth today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we have、uh, lots of things to to flush out.、Um, <clears throat> But this, this, this ought to be a fun episode. Yeah. I think, it, it, I think it'll be fun because we, have, we come from different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, different experiences in life.、Um, and with the, the few episodes that we've started with at the beginning of this year, I think this is really, really poignant.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also what's currently going on in our society right now, this, this information is going to be poignant. So strap in, put your seatbelts on, let's go for this ride. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think just a really quick introduction because we've kind of been a little bit vague in this intro about what exactly we're going to be talking about today.、Um, so, Josh, what is, I mean, we've done, we've done book reports or book reviews in the past.、Mm-hmm. Um, what is this book? Why did you, how did you come about it? Why do you think it's important for us to talk about? All right. So, the book I'm talking about is it's called Becoming Supernatural. And it's、uh, by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I came across this book. Actually, it, it was several weeks ago or several months ago. Yeah, it was several months ago I came across the book.、Um, but as many of you know, if you follow my journey on social media or、uh, if you follow me on the Goodreads app, you know that I read a lot of books. And this last book that I read before Becoming Supernatural is called The Body Electric. And that book was the most dense. Um, the most scientific deep dive into the bioelectricity in the body that, like, it, it took me quite some time. I think it took me about three months to read the book. And, and I'm not a slow reader, but if I'm not grasping something, I really want to, like, take my time and digest it. So I did that with the body electric. And then I was excited to finally finish that book because my buddy Salim, Salim Najjar of Sound,、uh, he's been on the show before, of course. Um, he invited me up to his place with his family in upstate New York for Christmas. And he's such a good friend that I'm like, okay, even if I have certain things going on, I'm going to listen to his advice, take his advice seriously. And when he invited me to go to Christmas, I thought, yeah, sure. Why don't I go ahead and go to Christmas with his family? But I need to go ahead and start reading this book in case he's like asking me questions about it or whatever, right? So. He started telling me some of the stories that have manifested since he finished the book, and it really blew me away. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read this book and take it really seriously. So that's what, that's what started it.、Mm-hmm. And what, in a really brief, snappy summary, what is this book about?、Um, in a snappy summary? <laughs> I, <laughs> snappy I summary. <laughs> tough, tough request.、Uh, <laughs> I, I would say it's a book about. Teaching us as human beings or as beings, yeah, yeah, yeah. After you listen to this show, you're gonna understand why I say just beings, but、um, it helps us to tap into our innate abilities beyond our imagination. I think that's probably the best way I can sum it up.、Um, if you've ever wondered why some people Do better than other people at everything, or, or you know, why this person may, may have 
won the Super Bowl or this person got an MVP or this person was rich or this person was as seemed always to be happy. There's there's actually a process to that. There's some people who actually can work on themselves to the point where they they draw in this energy that is just a blessing. And some people can look at it as religion. Some people can look at it as the universe speaking to them. Some people can be very, very sciencey and just say that there's um, there's electromagnetic fields happening. And it's it, however you look at it, if you work on it, you can change your current state. And that is going to be the, the basis of this conversation today, tonight. Okay, so clearly kind of it, it draws upon the idea of manifestation, right? And actualization, um, which are pretty yeah. kind of common, not self-help things, but it comes a lot, up a lot in therapy and a lot of online discussion and positive thinking, right? The idea that if you put positive thoughts or energy or you really focus... Um, your attention on trying to make something happen, then mm-hmm. it, it you can draw that to you. You can make it manifest in real life. So if you want a promotion, then you're innately putting yourself in the right headspace to go and get that. This is very different than The Secret, right? Like, I, I don't know if you read the book or you saw the movie about The Secret, but what you just explained kind of reminds me of that, where... If we just take everybody out there thinking positive thoughts and uh, and just kind of wanting everything to come by just thinking those thoughts, then it should come. And that's not always true. And I also have to preface the rest of what I say on this on this episode. I am only going to be speaking from how I received the information from this book. Um, if any of you are curious because of this show or because it's uh, because of this episode into learning more about it i highly suggest going and and kind of finding your own way but the way that i understand it is it takes more than just the positive thought it takes the actual changing of the energies in our body to then put ourselves in the the realm of energy that's already out there it's like everything is energy and that's what this book really talks about. Everything is energy. And if you work with me as a as me being your trainer or your health coach, you would understand that like I even use electromagnetic field therapy, EMS, all these things as energy to sort of change or optimize or enhance a person's current situation. And you can look at that from like a scientific perspective, but if you understand that for instance, when we look at light, light is is a certain part of the visible spectrum. So we, we see like a, a fraction of what is actually out there. But just because we don't see it, does that mean it's not there? Right? Mm-hmm. And that's the part that makes me go, hmm. So wait a minute, x-rays, we don't see x-rays, but x-rays are there. Mm-hmm. Right? So how does Dispenza propose you tap into, like how, how to tap into these new energies? What is, what is this process? Oh, it's, uh, in it's a, very, in a very complex. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. In, in a nutshell, I can explain it in a nutshell. At least, again, what I gathered from the book is, is one, controlling the breath. And that's going to be probably the first thing that any meditation or meditative experience is going to have you do is to tap into the breath. But 
if you if you listen back to the episode where I talked to Tess about awareness, I think even awareness is a step before the breath mm-hmm. because we need to one be aware that we are being pulled out of the energy that we really want to emit and to receive. Once you understand and you're more aware of what's going on, then the breath can help you to become even more aware. So what I mean by that is if you are sitting down, lying down, standing up, whatever, and you start to focus on your breath, the idea there is that it takes you out of the, the, the space that you're in currently that may be negative. So let's say you're stressed out. Um, because your spouse yelled at you and, you know, it's now ruined your, you ruined your whole day because you keep focusing on what she said to you at home in the morning. And it could have been something simple, like she didn't have, she didn't fix breakfast or she, the, the alarm didn't go off because she didn't set it or whatever the case may be. And if you allow that to ruin your day, then that's because you allowed that to happen. So if you're focusing on your breath, you're then not focusing on that. So now you've taken yourself out of that space, mm-hmm. right? And so again, awareness and the breath can be two, two strategies to kind of start the process of meditation. And, and some people look at meditation as it being a certain thing. You've got to sit with your legs crossed. You've got to have your fingers together. You've got to be hum and doing all these things. Nah, that's just a way to do it, but... Dispenza even talks about walking meditations because if we're able to tap into these energies while sitting down and being in a perfect situation like a vacuum while we're at home or whatever, then we ought to be able to also do that as we carry on throughout our day. So I I don't know if that helps understand at least like how I see it being part of the process, but it's definitely part of the process. Awareness, breathing, and then putting yourself in a situation for change, to prep yourself for the possibility of change. There are quite a few elements in that process that do sound like they have that truth to them. Um, And I think a lot of people listening to that who might be similarly maybe cynical as I am, because I am like the snake oil uh, alarm, um, you know, meditation, breathing, mindfulness, awareness, that's, you know, that's stuff that we're all really, really familiar with. I guess from my perspective, the element that also sounds very interesting is the fact of uh, like let go, letting go of pain or things that have happened in the past so you can live more freely in the present. Um, I don't know if you remember or if our listeners remember when I went to that retreat in Scotland a few years ago, part of that whole kind of therapeutic process was talking about how current psychological pain in your life is caused by obsessively thinking about things that have happened in the past. Um, right. Right. And that's what causes you pain now, not the actual act in the past itself. It's the reliving of that. Um, so you need to let go of that to be able to live in the present better. So, you know, those things I'm all, I'm all quite fine with. I guess it's just some of the claims that he seems to make are that this is, you know, scientific um, and there's a lot of rigor behind this theory and it feels like he's kind of almost piggybacking piggybacking off of like you know the benefits of meditation to say that you can tap into the other energies does that make sense it feels like he's wrapping it up in a different way i i'm with you i i get what you're 
what you're talking about. I, I see what, the, what perspective you're coming from. But there's a couple things I'd like to address based on what you just mentioned. So one, the piece that I caught was about the letting go. And I think this is something that we as a society have become addicted in a way to pain. And you can look at that from the, if you look at that from like a chemical perspective, a scientific pr perspective in the body, chemicals are released, endorphins, serotonin, um, cortisol, all these things are released based on what's happening in our environment. So our environment is outside of our body, but then we have an inner environment that's still outside of our cells. And that's known as epigenetics. So there is a lot of study and research out there to talk about the effects of, the, of epigenetics on our cellular makeup. And so, okay, if then if we can affect our epigenetics by just thought, then wait a minute, what can we do with meditation? Because the, the part that is scientific and the, the rigor behind the science is he's tapped into a lot of the, the people who, who go to his advanced workshop. He will put them, he will strap them up to an HRV monitor, which is heart rate variability. And he'll also uh, set them up with brain scans. So you're getting real time brain scans and heart rate monitoring, heart rate variability monitoring to show what's really happening without anyone really, I mean, he wrote the book called You Are the Placebo. I haven't read that book, but that's also kind of like talking about the difference between placebo, is it science or is it not? If placebo has an effect, then it is science. The problem is, is that we don't, it's like whether we believe it or not, placebo has effect on us all the time because you hear it in research all the time. It's the one thing that kind of says, oh, well, yeah, I guess it actually was an effect, right? Or I guess it was effective based on what? Based against the placebo. So then it's like, well, wait a minute. If you can change the state of, okay, for instance, if you were to think right now, if you were to think joy, gratitude, um, love, happiness, your cellular makeup will start to change. Chemicals will be released in your body that will allow you to not focus on the negative. Like you can't really be in gratitude and be in extreme hatred at the same time. It's not possible. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely, I completely get what you're saying, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm bringing it up just to, you know, be the one to question things and everything, and I guess, you know, <laughs> no, as in like question things from someone who hasn't tried it themselves, right? Like right. I'm, I'm the voice of our listeners, let's say. It, when I say, you know, the scientific rigor, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to have done like just because he hasn't done any necessarily done like you know these full science experiments and you know the rigor that other people might have mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's bad or it doesn't right. work it can definitely still have a placebo effect like if you think that it's working and you feel like there are benefits that you are taking brilliant that's fine i think it's just the fact that he seems to be framing it as something that it is scientific which kind of makes me think, mm, well, okay, it feels like you're pulling on other things. And I guess that kind of goes to his credentials, which I'm still a little bit vague on. I mean, I know that he became a doctor through becoming a chiropractor for his master's program, but I 
that's kind of the like the extent of the information that I've had. So I guess, you know, I'm not saying that only neurologists can talk about what happens in the brain. Mm. But I guess just, you know, those elements together, plus the fact that there seems to be a lot of upselling in what he's doing. Like you mentioned people going on his advanced talk, Mm -hmm. advanced courses. And in the book, there's a lot of upselling for the guided meditations, which are like $15 each. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying... Oh, I'm back. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be able to make money out of their work. Right. It. It just seems like you know my cynical alarm bells are kind of like ooh like what's what's going on like do you get what I mean? I, I love this perspective, Grace. Honestly, I think I think we need to have more of this, and I'm I'm glad you are representing that 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 voice of our listener or the potential person out there who may be on the fence on trying this or whatever. So a couple things to address. One, um, I'm, I'm totally with you as far as like, um, it, it almost makes me go, ah, really? Like when I'm reading the book and it gets to the part or, or, or seeing videos online where they're like, okay, just buy our, our uh, meditation or buy our kaleidoscope or whatever. But I will say this, Throughout the book, he does offer many, many (laughs) options to say, hey, look, we have this if you want to make it super easy and you want to hear me do it and how I do it. But by all means, do it yourself. And and so what 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 I see from that is like, okay, good. okay. now I can continue listening because it's not all about like bye, bye, bye for me. It's like. If you're curious about our research, well, this is what we did. And we got the most yeah. amount of research from the people who actually came to spend the money. And to be quite honest, like research isn't cheap. So I, you know, I do respect him for utilizing the money that he might be yeah. making from these different seminars to go back into the research. Um, but the other thing is, is like I sort of liken him to the to the situation where even though he started off as a chiropractor or, or whatever, it's like me as a trainer. Um, I, I like to talk about experience more than anything. And, and his experience is like, wow. And if he didn't put any real science in that book, people would think it's like a science fiction. And, and so I think that's where the balance comes you know he he has lots of case studies in there he has lots of things in there and even me i'm like really like mm. but it was until my buddy salim told me his story and, and mind you this was before i started reading the book and you know i'm not going to air out you know some of his struggles unless he wants to talk about it himself on the show but he called me a couple times like you know had been struggling and he's been applying this stuff and I saw in real time, this dude completely change. That's why I started reading the book. I was just like, whoa, dude, like you really have transformed. And then me just kind of taking some of the exercises in the, in the book, trying it out, um, trying to see like, does this really work? And is it really worth my time to sit here and like meditate? And it so is. All I would suggest from from people listening to this show who have maybe picked up the book, which, by the way, I posted it on my Instagram and so many people are like, oh, my gosh, like, thank you so much. I've been really wanting to read it. Now I'm going to read it. People are going to to have transformative um, moments. I can promise you that it's it's going to be amazing. And And I'm smiling when I say this, but 
I'll say this to you, Grace, to anybody out there listening, just give it a shot. It, it, it certainly won't hurt. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm coming across as being a bit of a wet blanket. But a wet blanket. <laughs> um, you guys use that phrase over there, right? No, I don't think <laughs> we, we use that phrase, but it's cool. Maybe uh, we will. Okay. Like, you know, when I don't mean to like rain on anyone's parade or anything, I guess when I hear techniques that sound very familiar from my time in therapy mm-hmm. kind of brought together it's um and packaged in a new way mm-hmm. i'm just really curious as to how it was packaged why they're an authority and what makes this method unique if that makes sense you know, what sets this apart from from the others and th- i think that's the that's the main motivation behind this line of question okay and why I think it's important. Um, and I think, you know, absolutely, I think everyone should go out and read this and come to their own conclusions because, you know, this is what I've done uh, from doing, like, a little bit of my own research. Mm-hmm. You've obviously read the book. You've talked to other people who have done this book. You've tried it yourself. Mm-hmm. And that kind of boils down to the whole point of why we're even doing this episode and why we bring up the things that we do. We want people to have these kind of conversations with mm-hmm. us and try them for ourselves for themselves. Okay, I hope I can remember these points that I need to make based on that question or, or comment. <laughs> um, so I'll kind of rattle through them quickly. One is the I think the only potential downside to this book, and to be completely honest and transparent, is that it seems a bit redundant at times. But, and I say this with a big but, but I think that was on purpose. I think it, the idea behind it being so redundant and just going over time and time again, I think he was trying to drive a message home to the reader. And some people are, let's say, visual learners, and some people are practical learners, and some people, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter how a person decides to receive it as long as they receive it. Then the other point is you've got to put it into practice, right? Clearly, I know a lot about, well, I don't know if it's clear, but I do know a lot about meditation. And I've, I've tried meditation in the past, and I've tried to go the easy route with using New Calm, which is like the easiest way to meditate. But I'm not yeah. really doing much. I'm just kind of like laying there and enjoying the ride. But there's a bit of an, there's a lot more intention with what's talked about in this book, Becoming Supernatural, right? It's like, how do you create the intention while you're in a deep meditative state, while you're in a very suggestible, um, you know, it talks about the different brain waves, right? If, if we're in beta, in high beta, it's almost impossible, we're gonna be so analytical that it's almost impossible to receive new information. Right. But if we can drop down into alpha, drop down into theta and then eventually into delta, that theta delta range is when we're more suggestible. In fact, this is what commercials, adverts, as you call them, adverts and commercials on TV, they know this. This is why they induce fear. Okay, because fear is also a good uh, way to kind of get people to, to listen or to react. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, lulling them into this. Uh, suggested state is what people are using to sell us stuff. Well, if you can use that to your benefit, create the intention of you becoming um, a healthy body, you becoming um, super happy, you healing your current disease state 
that that's the intention I think that we all should be kind of thinking more along the lines of. Um, some people have the intention of wanting to have a, a brand new Lamborghini. Okay, maybe that's not mine. It's not right or wrong. But if you can put yourself in a in the right brainwave state, you can imagine yourself literally sitting in the car, making all your senses aware, smelling the leather in the seat, uh, gripping the steering wheel, you know, having the the air blow in your hair as you go down the street super fast. Okay, now you've put yourself in a situation where you might be able to receive the the energy that's already out in the unified field. But that assumes that you even understand or believe that there's a unified field. Right? So I think it's like we we so much of us only believe in the 3D world, the three-dimensional world, where if we can see it, we can touch it, we can smell it, we can taste it, like, okay, it makes sense to us, right? Like, okay, there's science behind that because I can actually touch it, I can see it, or it's something that I've experienced in the past. But what about the person who's never experienced something? For instance, small children. These are the most suggested, suggestible people, the most adaptive people. Uh, they come into this world without any experience. So their world is based on what we show them or what they've experienced, right? Um, or you take a blind person from, from birth. If a person's blind, you try to explain to them what an elephant is, they're going to have a very different experience than what we, the seeing person, knows what an elephant is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and again, these are all techniques that go back to uh, a lot of therapy practices. You know, again, I've, I've experienced it myself, you know, being open to positive energy, um, being positive, you will attract positivity and vice versa. So, I mean, it, yeah, I think it's it's not opening a can of worms. <laughs> I think it's opening an, a forum for healthy debate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see, hopefully, some of our listeners and other people who have read the book or who will read mm-hmm. the book and kind of formulate their own opinions. Um, and I think, you know, it's been a really interesting conversation and an interesting debate. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward to the next time we, uh, like, you know, do this kind of book review or discussion. Okay. Um, but I guess kind of just to wrap things up, what would you what would you say is the biggest thing that's changed for you having read the book? OK, great question. I think this is a perfect segue into the into wrapping up um, my biggest takeaway. And again, I, I'm, I'm kind of at the same level as you are with with experience, many different forms of meditation and things like that. But. I finally, this, this was the book that finally allowed me to go, aha, that now I'm doing it correctly. Okay. And how did I get there? Something as simple as like when I get into a state of, of frustration or stress or anxiety, because we all get there, right? I then think, wait, why am I? harping on that why am i continuing to harp on that like that's something i can't really change because it happened let me now let me stay in the present moment but to have this clear intention of where i want to be and as long as i continue focusing on that then it's almost like it's almost like if you continually harp on the negative you're gonna be always experiencing the negative and that for me was just like okay 
So I literally find myself walking to the subway in the morning. I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to have such a kick-ass day. I'm going to have a great day today. And, and I can't help but say that with a smile on my face. And so when I have this smile going on, I feel it all through my body. And when I do close my eyes now, I think about the energy. I don't think about the matter, like me as a being, as, a, as matter. I think of me as a field of energy. And so the, the more, and some people call it aura, some people call it uh, you know, energy field, whatever. But we literally do, there's this, there's this measurement machine called a squid. And this squid can actually measure the electromagnetic field around any being. And when a person is at their highest HRV and they're in the gamma, uh, gamma brain state, they produce a huge electromagnetic field. Well, how do we reduce the field? We reduce the field with negative thoughts, with, um, you know, pain and disease and all these things. And so that field becomes very, very small because we're drawing from the, the energy. Well, I now, every time I close my eyes or I think about a certain situation, I just think about that energy field. And I want to make it as big as possible so that whenever I'm around someone else, I want to say, you know what? I know that I'm infecting you and affecting you with my, my good energy. So it, anyway, that, that's my takeaway. There's so much to it, and I'd, be, I'd love to, to you know, talk with anybody that has comments or questions online or whatever. And who knows? We may have to do a, a follow-up after you read it and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll get, I'll get my hands on a copy, and I'll give it a proper read instead of my summaries. Okay. But um, okay. yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, well, thank you, Josh. That was very enlightening. Yeah. Um, it was a very good discussion. I guess this kind of brings us to our positivity corner after all this talk of positivity and yeah. um, mindfulness. What are you What are you grateful for this week? Well, I think this one's an obvious one. <laughs> uh, maybe it's not, but I'm super, gra- super grateful, well, one, for the ability to be able to read, and I'm grateful for uh, the the friends, the family, the loved ones in my life that respect what I do and also, um, I guess, trust me enough with the suggestions for something as powerful as, as this book. And, um, you know, so this really kind of goes out to Salim because he was one of the ones, he was really the person who, who brought this to my attention. And because of his own story, he sort of forced me into really diving into it and I took it very seriously. So I'm grateful for him and I'm grateful for anyone else out there that continues to um, add to my life. Beautiful. Very, and very, you? very good. Thank you, Salim, for introducing us to this. Yeah. Um, I am, I guess, yeah, just grateful for this journey to learning to become more positive and trying new things. Um, Today was my first day back at work after the holidays. And, um, you know, I, again, you know, talking about going into things with good intentions, you know, I, I got up on time. I had done all my food prep yesterday. So getting in was fine. I was even in so early that I was able to walk a little bit further into work than I would have usually. Um, like I stopped at Tube Stop earlier and I went to class and I actually had a really good day. Like one of the best days at work that I've had in a really long time. So I'm really, really grateful for the techniques and tools that I've, I've learned on this show um, and through this process because um, it's made me feel a lot better about my day today. So 
yeah. Oh, that's great. That that makes me smile. I'm I'm super happy to hear that, and that's beautiful. So thank you. Yeah. Yay. Okay. <laughs> well, um, thank you again for for taking the time to to chat about this, and uh, <laughs> and again, I have to reiterate for anybody out there that. Um, that you feel, you as the listener, if you feel someone could use this tool, the the book or this show, please share it. Please send them our way. Um, you know, because this is actually one of the, the last things I did with, with the last podcast is I sent it to a handful of clients and, and friends and loved ones and family because I want people to, to embrace what we're doing. You know, we're doing this out of the kindness of our heart. Uh, it's a labor of love, but um, you know we truly want to help people. So continue to share, and thank you for the support. And until next time, yeah. yeah, thank you so much. And if you haven't already, please subscribe or follow us on Instagram at at simply walk the talk. And until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.